Congratulations! You're listening to Congratulations Pine Tree, the Bay's number one arts and culture podcast with me, Kate Rhodes. And me, Maysoon Wazwaz. If there's any kind of sound weirdness, I did kind of break our recorder. We're also sitting in the woods. So just keep that in mind when you're listening to this. Okay, so Maysoon and I are right outside of the McAvoy Foundation right now because we went to a performance thing called Let Us Speak Frog by Red Culebra. And that includes Guillermo Galindo and Cristobal Martinez, who you may remember from Post Commodity, who won the motherfucking Carnegie Art Prize or whatever, like a while back before the pandemic. Okay, anyhow, point is, and it is part of a show called Meyer, M-Y-R which stands for a million year. We've been talking about it like a hundred times. <laughs> Curated by Liz Thomas over here at the McAvoy Foundation. Um, who else is involved? Christoph Steger made like this, this like computer animation thing. Do you know, do you know Christoph? I've okay. met him before. We talked about the Black Forest <laughs> together once. There were also, there was also dance component, which was contributed to this by uh, Gerald Castle, Audrey Johnson, and... Kaveri Suresh. Okay, so now, look, this is what, do you want to explain what it was we just saw? Uh, well, I think what we want to say is that it, can I read what this quick, the description of this performance called Let Us Speak Frog. Um, revel, revel in it, relish in it. Bring it. Let Us Speak Frog as an elegy to all that has been lost during the sixth mass extinction. The extinction event currently taking place as a direct result of human activity. Through this work, they will attempt to apologize to frogs. Oh, wow. Yeah, you pretty much summed it up. Do you want to talk a little bit about what actually took like place? Components? Okay, so I'm going to give you like a layout, a little sit, like a sit, I'm going to situate you in the room. Okay? First and foremost, the seating was abysmal. <laughs> the seating was total just fucking terrible. Kate and I chose the last row because we were told that it was going to be a two-hour performance and both of us immediately had a panic attack. And that's not McAvoy's fault. 100%. Well, and it's appropriate to the show because it's about long time, like million oh. years. But they should have... Mm, okay, moving on. So you walk into the room, there's all the chairs, the musicians, that's... um, Remind me? Guillermo, Galindo, and... Cristobal Martinez were in the back of the space. Butter up, butter up. At the way back of the space, they had their tables set up, all their electronic gear, wires, components, wires up the wazoo. If you're into wires, there were so many. You would have been so excited about all the wires and plugs. If you're into synthesizers and synths and computer laptops, there was everything. Phones. There were probably phones there. I saw it. Um, so the musicians were at the back of the room and then just all the way over to the right side of the room was a little station for our Christoph Steger for Christoph and then the dancers came in from the back and they came in I would say maybe 15 minutes into the 15 minutes so there was sound very abstract sparse synthesizer feels like outer space sound going on but barely you're making it sound a lot more interesting than it was oh I liked it though I mean, but it was like, but in the beginning, it was like, 
10 minutes passed by. <laughs> right, so we had to really sit through and wait for a long time for the communication from the dancers to start. So the dancers come in, or movement artists maybe is more appropriate, and they're wearing minimal costuming. But they do have little green their tops pieces have, on. Their tops have some green thing, green like floppy pieces, let's say. Mm-hmm. One of them had a little floppy netting in the back, one had floppy netting at the bottom of their shirt line. And Oh, right. And there was also the screen. So the screen was live or on the whole time before the dancers showed up. And on the screen were these two green blobs. And we didn't really know what the blobs were. They were green forms, which consisted of multiple blobby forms. Right. And it was like kind of like oldie time looking CGI forms. Yeah. Like if you ever watched the show Reboot, it was kind of that level okay. of CGI. But each, each of them was kind of a clump of, of forms and then two protruding appendages, one which to me were rem- two, two of which were on one blob. Okay, so there's two blobs, one on the left and on the right. Each with two appendages. Each with two appendages. Very long, long, outstretched, kind of qui- quivering, quaking appendages. This is before the dancers even came. Yeah, there are quaking appendages, and to me, one looked like front legs of a frog, one looked like back legs of a frog. you split the frog. I just thought they were like, mm, what's the word when a frog, deformed frogs. Yeah, or I also, because of the time component of the show, I was also thinking of the hands of a clock. Oh, great. I love that. I wish I had thought more about the time component of the show during the performance. Well, because I was sitting there for what felt like an eternity, um, reading the program over and over again, they say in the little program you get that um, the the artist talking about Red Culebra, the artists have invited the audience on a journey that follows their original post-Mexican electronic relatos, one that encourages the audience to engage in a shared experience of transformation through active and imaginative listening. Okay, I think it says somewhere else in here something about duration. Mm-mm. I don't think so. Uh, Galindo and Martinez create and perform rituals based on cycles of repetition and uniformity. The sonic, graphic, and repetitive nature of their work requires both endurance and determination from their audiences. Ah, there it is. <laughs> While denying participating publics the opportunity to fetishize ceremony. Okay, so, I don't know, dude. That sounds pretty right on. That pretty much describes oh, my yeah. experience. Oh, well, that you were not able to fetishize the, <laughs> the performance? I, I wasn't fetishizing shit. Yeah. I was not getting off in there one iota. Were you feeling very uncomfortable? I mean, I actually enjoyed just... I had spent a lot of time actually closing my eyes and just sort of, like, listening. Uh, you know, part of the problem for me, really, as someone who has a dance background, is that the seating was abysmal, as Kate very clearly pointed out earlier in this podcast in the episode which meant sitting at the back you really couldn't see the actual dancers you could see the screen but I do feel like the technology wasn't quite up to snuff for me personally like I don't think their movements mimicked that's the thing so I was watching and and I was like oh they're doing the 
it seemed like the dancers were mirroring what was going on on the screen before I realized that it wasn't a fixed animation. It was something where they had a technology. The dancers <laughs> had some kind of techno shit in their hands, which is, old which is long red wires. Were they red wires? I didn't see that. Yeah, so they were holding wires in their hands and moving, but the I feel like there was a lot of delay around or like just not necessarily clear translation between their movement and the animation on the screen i think it kept like glitching out because yeah. it seemed like they they would be doing big movements and then the appendages that they're controlling on the screen were just stuck in kind of this quivering, quivering glitch stitch. out uh, and which is why i think christoph was up there probably like maybe like kind of trying to get things back on track yeah okay that's interesting uh, you know, I, I mean, I don't give a fuck. No, like, I know, but I mean, I kind of care. And it's I, just like once it's going, you're like, okay, this is the thing now. And then when it stops going, you reckon you you're seeing a rupture in what it see like your expectations are getting thwarted, and you're then you kind of get stuck on that, and you get yeah. kind of sucked out of the whole, you know, well, event. I guess, and for me, I really started to question, like, who are we supposed to, what are we supposed to be watching? Are we watching the screen or the dancers? The dancers spent their whole time with the backs to the audience, which is very unusual in a performance. Oh, keep in mind we left a half hour early. We did leave a half hour early, so we're not giving <laughs> we you We could floor. not fucking take it anymore. Well, we could have, but we didn't want to. I couldn't. Kate couldn't. It's okay, Kate. <laughs> so I thought that was interesting, because, I mean, it's rare that you see a dance performance where the, uh, or any movement, really, performance where that person has their back to the audience the whole time. So then I, it was, that was odd, odd to me. Cause I was like, well, if I don't need to watch you, that's fine. I'll just watch the screen. But the screen wasn't really doing anything after an hour that was that interesting to watch anymore. So then to me, it really became like, this is really just a music piece. Why not just have it be a music piece? Or sound. Yeah. Sound piece. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I just kept thinking about, okay, once again, we're back here on our fucking bullshit about making art about climate, the climate disaster that we're living through, right? Which is like unimaginable horror is befalling us, okay? And any art that even deigns to fucking dip its toe in in like acknowledging that is going to completely collapse. There's nothing- be unsuccessful in doing that. I'm just like, why even bring it up? I'm just like, oh God, because then all I can think about is you're calling this thing an apology to frogs. Is this renewable electricity <laughs> oh, that yeah. that we're running our 500,000 cables and bullshit off of? You know, like, did everybody drive here today? Probably. Like, the frogs aren't even in there. A frog's not even to fucking know this happened. Yeah. It drives me insane, May soon because it's just like, this is all art is this, is us just like, there's somebody, it's the Wait, metaphor to me, the metaphor to me is there's somebody in the corner holding a gun to someone's head and we're all like painting little pictures of it and like making our fucking CGI animations about it and loading more bullets into the gun because we are causing more climate change by fucking being here. I I don't know what to say. I mean, I feel your passion and frustration, 100%. Um, I mean, even running, putting this podcast up is going to cause more emissions. I know. Should we stop doing the podcast, though? This is the last episode, actually. That's how we're announcing it, just before we got to our 300th episode. Thanks a lot. McAvoy and Mayor and Red Calabra. <laughs> the podcast is now over. Uh, I don't really know where to go with that, Kate. I mean, because I think you're obviously totally right and it is terrible, but I also don't. <laughs> I just feel like uh, 
uh, I don't really know where to go. I don't know what are musicians supposed to do. Just don't fucking just pretend just none of this shit's happening. Music. Yeah. Did just I break the microphone? I don't know. Did you? Should they start using <laughs> like natural materials instead? We all no. need to fucking sh- go to Chevron over in Richmond and fucking chain ourselves to the fucking okay, shit. We don't know that they're not doing that. We know that they're not in Richmond right now. Oh, right. What's going on? There was a mosquito on you. Kill kill that motherfucker. Fuck climate change. Kill the mosquito. They're going to live. I don't think the mosquitoes uh, help in. No problem. Although the other things eat mosquitoes. Okay. Anyhow, do we know that they're not chained to the fucking, um, you know, oil processing? No, they're not. But that doesn't mean they're not doing other things in their other time. Well, great. Do that. But this ain't helping. But that doesn't mean they shouldn't do it. Well, I'm the thing to me is just like that's don't so, don't. So street, you know, I'm just like, like don't fucking bring it up then, cause you're fucking bullshitting, bro. I want to have a conversation with them about that. Then should we invite them on? You the You want to just run back in there and see if they'll just pause? Excuse me. Can you? Are you done yet? <laughs> are you done yet? We've got some questions. Hi, it's Kate Naysoon from Congratulations Mindry a podcast you've never heard of. <laughs> I bet Liz Thomas, the curator, would actually have a really good response to what I'm saying. I know I really think she would. I think she'd be like, "Well, lie? have you thought about the recursive objectification of beep beep blah blah?" <laughs> Do you think that sound is coming from inside, and we just fucking missed it all? Do you hear that? Oh, that like it sounds like a siren. No, it sounds like a fucking like. Sh- Hang on, let me turn. The birds the, are being cooed. Let me turn the sensitivity up. Do you hear what I'm talking? That is a wild sound. You, you think, think we're missing inside? the grand finale? That I think so that's bad. too fetishizing. Oh. Having a grand finale is fetish. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure. You just kind of really threw me off my game with the whole like, <laughs> which I I appreciate. I'm okay being thrown off my game, as you know. <laughs> Uh, maybe I should just go back to the seating. <laughs> yeah, yeah, get on that. What is Wait, the... did somebody say something? No, they to said bye bye. Who's saying bye to who? There's some people in the car over there. Maybe it's more people who left the concert earlier. May soon the other thing is, was that worth us fucking getting COVID and monkeypox? No, nothing's worth COVID and monkeypox though. <laughs> we sat in the way back. Do you need some hand sanitizer? Yeah, let's sanitize. Oh, oh no. my god, sanitize me. Thank you, Maysoon. You're welcome. Really good. Well, I, okay, regardless of the environmental crisis you're bringing up, I thought it was an interesting <laughs> performance. I have. But some... I, keep in mind, I didn't bring that up. They brought that up. They did bring it up. You're right. You're right. They fucked it up for all of us. No, <laughs> not I'm fucked up. Anyhow, I, I liked. I really enjoyed the sound, uh, the movement and animation. Uh, I felt like it was less effective and was a little more distracting than I need, than I wanted it to be. You know, sort of. I just feel like it wasn't quite up to par to where it needed to be. Like actually, or where it would have been more engaging or saying, telling more of a story. So yeah, I, I don't know. Like, just don't. Just don't then. I thought the CG could... I don't know, dude. Why was that so old school? It felt like I was in the fucking 80s or 90s, maybe. Is I don't... That, I'm fine. Thing? I'm fine with all that. 
it's How just it wasn't it? it wasn't cohe it all wasn't integrated with each other and i felt and the seating really fucked up because i'm like the movement actually could have been pretty interesting yeah i think they were I doing thinking, a lot of frog vibes with like some weird breaststroke and shit yeah i was thinking they should have just done like really long fucking rows on either side maybe two long ass rows so the dancers could take up more space and everyone could see everything from where they were sitting more like a horseshoe like nest two nested horseshoes they could have done two horseshoes two nested horseshoes sure yep consummate horseshoes (laughs) yes okay kate (laughs) or just put everyone in the middle of the fucking room i don't know like that space or put the people on the stage so that god the mosquitoes are really full on here put (laughs) everyone Put everyone on a stage so that if you don't have stadium seating, which most people don't, you can still fucking see what's going on if you need to see what's going on. Couldn't agree more, May soon. Also, what's your take on seeing like that kind of sound performance live? Do you need to see that live? You just need to hear it, right? <laughs> I'm confused about it because I was kind of like, well, I'm not watching them. I can't even see them. I couldn't even, literally couldn't even see them from where I was sitting. And even if you can see them, it's just two dudes at a table. <laughs> It's two dudes at the table. And I think that's great. But I just felt like this feels more of like a, we should be able to stand around and go in and out of other space. It just felt like you didn't need to sit there. I completely you agree know? with that. But that's not what they're going for. They're going for a, like this audience duration. Like you got to feel the pain. Yeah, you got to fucking sit there, bitch. Yeah. And you got to think so, about the frogs. And then this is on you. This is about you and the fucking frogs, bitch. Do you think that's what they mean? Maybe. But then they got to also look at themselves and the fucking frogs, right? You can't do that. You can't point the finger and not point it back at you. Also. When you have, when you point the finger at someone, you have three pointing back at you. Oh, damn. Look at that. I'm doing it. I almost have four if I really bend my thumb back, but then that feels like a little gun. Um, I, that's why I always point like this, where I am <laughs> like, it's like the beginning of fisting someone. <laughs> Are we on bass play again? <laughs> You don't have to... Anyhow. Um, point is, Maysoon, um, keep talking and I'm going to see. We I'm have some... Take that home to Jimbo we, tonight. We, <laughs> Jimbo. All fingers pointing in the right same direction. Um, we... Any final thoughts? Any final thoughts on the fucking... Um, on what we just did? I really appreciate that you, we took ourselves out of our comfort zone and saw some live sound experimental sound which we don't usually go do at all and oh, i and i and have I to really didn't know what the hell we we're getting into to be quite honest i was like let's just go it's a performance that could be anything we paid money for this though we sure did yeah that's okay we want to give a strong thank you to the donors who did supplement our ticket prices but did not completely cover them we want to say a huge thank you to our sustaining donors jim prosser and anonymous if you want to donate you can that's amazing clapping for you. Uh, you can hit the donate button at congratulationspinetree.com. Please let us know what you think about seeding, frogs, the climate <laughs> disaster. Um, give us a call, 419. Oh, what do you want to th- you need to see sound in, per- in person. Whether or not you need to see sound in person. Give us a call, 419-351-6606. You can tweet us at Pine Tree Podcast, or you can email us, congratulationspinetree at gmail.com. Okay, Maysoon, let's give a final score. But I need to give a caveat, and I actually need to kind of um, amend my score, because as a baseline, I don't like sound art. No? Oh, I like sound art. 
I don't like sound art. I'm on the record multiple times coming out with that. There's plenty of sound art that I like. It's not that I hate all of it, but just starting out, if you're like, hey, here's some sound art, I'm gonna be, I'm, I'm taking my score, is probably gonna lose two to three points just for the fact of it being sound art. Oh. So I'm gonna go ahead and give, honestly though, just as a concept of making an artwork that's an apology to frogs, that's bumping it up. I just love <laughs> I that, so I love that concept. Yeah. So I'm gonna go ahead and give this a 6.5. Oh. Even though I was pretty much in misery almost the whole time. Oh my God, poor Kate. I um, have a higher score than that. I'm kind of toggling a little bit between seven and eight, to be honest, but I think it's more of a seven just because of all of the, I just feel like there were a lot of uh, issues with like just the general experience in there, like the seating, the animation, the movement, just, uh, you know, I thought the sound was like the highest part of would have gotten the high, uh, you know the highest score, but then the other elements kind of brought it down a little bit for me. And that's not saying anything about the people performing, because <laughs> they were doing great. It's just the the way it was brought together as a as a whole picture didn't quite work for me. Yeah, I liked the yeah yeah. I didn't yeah okay with you there Maysoon. Okay, so listeners take that as you will. Okay, we got a little note here from the Derosa. Look here, guys. Oh, I like the they got a show up at the DeRosa called Adia. Oh, it's by Adia Millet. It's called Force of Nature. Okay. And you can go see that at the DeRosa. <laughs> they got some programming. Do you have any idea? Like, is it painting? Is it video? Is it sculpture? It looks like paintings. Is it sound art? No, paintings, bruh. Bruh. <laughs> okay. Uh, they have an art and nature hike on August 14th from 11 at 15 a.m. to 1.15 p.m. Join the DeRosa's knowledgeable guides on a hike through the sculpture meadow and up the northern side of the property. It's going to be so fucking hot. It's been so hot. Why and it's dry. 11.15? It's very specific. It's fucking dry. That's a heavy. Well, but go do it. They should do a 9 a.m. hike if it's going to be hot out. Fuck that. Imagine you're in L.A. and go to the DeRosa and hike in the desert. No thanks. I'll stay inside. But you go ahead and try it out. Okay, then we got a nice little email from Rob Wolf. I want to say a thank you to all the PR people that think we're like a real thing and send us all their PR <laughs> shit. Okay, so Rob Wolf gave us a little notice about the Land of Milk and Honey in Santa Cruz. That is going to be up at the Santa Cruz MAH. Okay, remember that? Museum of American History. Museum Art of, of Art and History. Art and History in partnership with Mexicali Biennial, is pleased to announce the Land of Milk and Honey, a traveling multidisciplinary art and culture program focused on the ideological concept of agriculture in the regions of California and Mexico. Maysoon, can we go to this? Yeah, but it's also reminded me that we need to go to see the Bruce Lee show here in San Francisco. Okay, let's do that. But this is going to be up from from September 1st to December 31st. So we got a great wide stretch of time. We got to find a car to get us there. Mm, they're talking about motherfucking John Steinbeck, and that's not really my vibe, but okay. what? We should still go check out the museum. Here's some of the artists that are included Boo Alejo Sarando, Janeth Apari Aparicio, Janeth Aparicio, David Bacon, Pablo Castaneda, and Eduardo Quintero. Pablo Castaneda and Eduardo Quintero, Carlos Castro Arias, Emily C.D., Kat Chu Phillips, Janet Diaz, 
and so many more. There's just enough. Once again, we've been <laughs> saddled with an in, almost endless list of artists. <laughs> you know what? I'm glad they print them all, put them all there, though. I hate those, the people who are like, these are the top artists. These are the five of like the 30 artists that are. Oh, yeah. You can't be doing that. That's shit. That's Don't nasty. Do that. Don't do that. Okay, so get in there. Um, okay, thank you, Rob Wolf, for Thanks, Rob Wolf. for being in touch. Everybody, go ahead and send us your PR shit. We'll probably just read it word for word. <laughs> we should be getting paid for this shit. <laughs> um, what else and we got? got? A listener feedback this week. <clears throat> we did. We have a listener who wants to know a little some advice from you in particular, Mason. Okay, this were okay, so this person's written and they want to remain anonymous as they usually do. They have been living in San Francisco for 20 years, okay? But they have an opportunity to move to a much smaller city in the Midwest. They don't want to say where cuz they're afraid it's going to reveal their identity. Oh. Okay. Um, but in that city, they'll have much more studio space and they just want to know how do they weigh out the pros and cons of their situation to de- decide whether they are going to move or not. Well, listener, I really feel you on this because I, I feel like I not only do I have those same kinds of questions all the time for myself and my partner, but I think a lot of folks in the Bay Area are thinking that right now, especially post-COVID. I think everyone's kind of like... I got to get out of here and have a better lifestyle, like just a slower, slow it down, enjoy life more. I will tell you, not that I know this is about me. <laughs> no. It is, it is though. When I, when I think about leaving the Bay Area, I have a list of criteria that have to exist for in a place for me to really know I can move there. And I would say really at the top of that list is like, what is the dance community? Because one of the things I do outside of like my work at the Arts Commission or at any arts space is I take dance classes and sometimes occasionally, very occasionally perform. And that's like something I've been doing since I was like five years old, basically. So it's a real important part of my life and I can't move. And it's not, yes, I could dance on my own in my house, but being in a part of a dance community is actually super important to me. And one of the shittiest parts about COVID in general is that I haven't had a dance community for two years, which I hate. So that's like, I, I think it's important. I guess what I'm saying is come up with your criteria. Like what is actually the most important for you to like know that you can live like your best life to some degree, you know, like there. And so everyone has different, different requirements, right? Sounds like you're prioritizing space and studio space and maybe some outdoor time and I mean, the Midwest has, that's all good in the Midwest, but the Midwest is also like slower. I, there's, I mean, there's racism really everywhere, honestly. So that's something you'll contend with wherever you are. And also access to abortion. Access to abortion is going to become an issue more and more, especially on... Indiana is now, you can't get one. Indiana, please don't move to Indiana. Or move to Indiana, become an activist. I'm not sure. Uh, become an yeah. I'm not going to endorse that personally, but yeah, I think it's important to weigh out what's important to you and have conversations with the people that you're closest to. And, um, you know, here's the other thing I always say, and this maybe doesn't feel as realistic from the Bay Area, but I always want to tell people, you can always go and come back. But actually here, it's kind of hard to do that because it's so fucking expensive. If you leave for a cheaper place, you actually probably can't come back. So... Maybe you can see if you can get like residency there for like, a, or not maybe in the exact area you're thinking of, but like nearby, get a sense of the, the general region. I think that's a great idea. Go for yeah. a month or something. Like how can you get away, test out the waters before really making the commitment maybe. I think that's great advice. My advice would be don't move 
nobody can move anymore. I'm done with it. I don't want to see any more moving happening. Aww. We just had Lindsay White oh. announce that she's moving to Chicago. That is an extremely significant loss for the podcast. Mm-hmm. And let's go ahead and play the song, Maysoon. just say one shout out to Lindsay and two I first met Lindsay when I was an intern at Southern Exposure back when they were still on Project Artaud this was like I don't know 15 years ago or something such a class I feel like Lindsay and her tights right it's always like the perfect when I think of someone wearing tights I always think of Lindsay just remember Lindsay and I being really drunk because we were young and we were interns and we didn't know what the fuck was going on after like some auction or something Anyhow, I've had a lot of good times with you, Lindsay. I'm going to miss you, but I'm from Chicago. My mom lives there, so I'm going to come visit you, too. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Lindsay White, the Bay Area has been greatly improved because of her presence here. Yes. Think of all the students that she's really influenced and, you know, inspired. It's so awesome. She'll keep doing that. She'll keep doing that. Sorry. Yeah, everybody go visit in Chicago. Everybody else, you can't move. That was the last one that can go. (laughs) No more allowed to leave. Do we need to have like a five a year kind of situation? No, no more a year. (laughs) It's done. We did way more than five a year, and so we're way ahead. What we need to do is start stealing people's houses. I'm kind of into that. Yeah, it's a fucked up scene out there. We got to start squatting. We got to get our bolt cutters out. Get into these vacant houses. There's so many vacant Guys, properties. Honestly, look for the windows with no curtains. Those places are, for the most part, don't just, you know, really, really make sure. But like, there's a lot of vacant properties out there. Also, you can just look on fucking Zillow and find out which ones are staged. There's no one living in those. Ooh, great advice, Maysoon. And don't forget, a <laughs> people's always an option. I always bleep it. I bleep it. (laughs) Okay, Maysoon. Well, I think we've done an incredible job. We definitely have, like, just completely new strains of every disease from being devoured by the mosquitoes out here. (laughs) And so we're going to be going into our vat of rubbing alcohol from the bridge. (laughs) To the other bridge. To the island in between. This has been Congratulations, Pine Trees. Wouldn't it be sad if I wasn't recording? Yeah. So I